And I think during that time, I'm like, man, that just seems like it's a path I want to go down versus getting a job and working for 30 years at a place and looking for a retirement. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by Ecospace.com. Now, here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I am DJ Scruggs, along with my partner, Adam Adams. Well, hello, everybody. Hello, Adam. So today, I'm especially excited because I am, as I've mentioned in the past, I'm a former tech guy. I've done tech startups, and we're going to be talking to another tech guy who also does real estate, and that is Trevor Mock. Hi, Trevor. What's up, guys? And I, I, first of all, I just want to toss out that I hugely appreciate what you guys are doing for your community, and I'm, I'm honored to be, uh, to be on here with you guys to share what I know. Thank you. We're honored to have you, Trevor. <laughs> so, Trevor, just for uh, people who haven't, haven't heard of you before, tell us a little bit about um, – t- tell us first about your background in real estate, mm-hmm. and then we'll get into the tech piece. Yeah, so it happened kind of like like probably many people. I went when I was growing up, so I'm 35 right now, to give some context. I bought my first property when I was 21, uh, my junior year in college. And I kind of got bit by the entrepreneurship bug. It was in high school um, as far as real estate goes because my grandpa, he owned some rental properties. My dad owned a couple. You know, it wasn't too many. But it was kind of the mindset shift that that I think many people haven't had the chance to have that are not entrepreneurs is I saw these people in front of me that took a different route. They didn't go get a job. They created, they created businesses for themselves and they also put money into real estate. And I think during that time, I'm like, man, that just seems like it's a path I want to go down versus getting a job and working for 30 years at a place and looking for a retirement oh, yeah. check. I'm like, that opened up my mind. Got into college then. And that's when my dad actually bought the old Carlton Sheets course, right? I, I know a lot of people say they got their start with uh, <laughs> Robert Kiyosaki's book. I've never read the book. I think I feel like I've read it because right. I've heard so many people tell me about it. But um, You're definitely I got, living the book. Yeah, <laughs> You would resonate yeah, exactly. with it well. Yeah, and it's, it's similar concepts. I just learned other places. And so my dad came home with Robert or with uh, um, Carlton, Carlton Sheets', Sheets uh, cash flow course or whatever the heck it was called. It was his $500 course and said, hey – I'll pay for this if you actually use it to go buy a rental property. And this is in college. I studied on it for a year, didn't do anything, and then finally took action once I got clear in what I was actually looking for and bought my first fourplex when I was a junior in college with creative financing. So that's kind of how I got the start. And real estate's always been a part of what I've been doing. Um, not my daily active income, but it's always been a part of what I've been doing. Nice. Hey, let's, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit here about Investor Carrot, oncarrot.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us, you know, what made you start that company? Man, it's kind of, I heard this story years ago, right? Where they were talking about Henry Ford and, uh, it it was a story that was brought up about oftentimes us as, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, we forget how valuable our byproducts are, right? And Henry Mm -hmm. Ford back in the day when they were manufacturing cars, they had to heat up steel in order to do certain things. And, in the process of heating up steel, of course, they burned wood and they had all this coal that would be sitting there. Hmm. And they were throwing it away and throwing it away. Long story short, they ended up finding another use for this as charcoal. And out of that came the Kingsford Charcoal Company. And, yeah, no and a lot idea. of people I don't, don't realize. Yeah. yeah, so Kingsford, Kingsford Charcoal Company came out of that. And ever since I heard that story probably seven or eight years ago, I've always been looking at what I'm doing in business and going, okay, is there something really valuable in here that is just something I look at every day? I might even be tossing to the side because it's just everyday stuff. 
is there something that's really valuable that we can really help a lot of people with? And during that time, I got out of college, moved up to Portland, Oregon, and I got a, had a marketing degree, owned own a few rental properties by then. I'm like, man, let me become a marketer. You know, I want to learn how to really help businesses grow. And I helped a, a mortgage company a little bit, helped another guy on the online side of things, started to get good at that stuff. And long story short, over the coming four or five years, I really immersed myself in how to how to drive traffic to a website, how to create great content that helped people and got in front of them when people searched on Google. And then, oh my gosh, getting all these people here, how do I now turn these into leads that I can engage with them more and provide them more value? And then it went on and on. And that ended up going into where we were helping real estate investors do the same thing, get sellers, buyers, myself, get tenants, um, things like that. And I had this skill set where we're doing all this stuff on the side of my primary income. And before I knew it, I had too many people asking me in 2012, 13, saying, hey, can you help us do this? Can you launch a website that actually converts and gets in front of these buyers and sellers? And that's when we, tr we treated it seriously. It's like, hey, here's this byproduct over here of all this other stuff we're doing, this knowledge set, all this testing we've been doing, this framework that we've got for generating traffic and converting them into leads. Let's see if this works for, for people we can put into a system. So end yeah. of 2013, 2014, we package that into what's now Carrot. And uh, we work with more of the top real estate investors, mainly wholesalers and flippers and anyone in the world to help them generate leads online. Um, our clients, just probably in the next week or two, are going to cross over 1 million opt-in leads. That's just someone who submitted their form. Mm -hmm. That doesn't include the about million, million and a half phone call leads that have came in in the past years, three years too. That's great. I, w I think I want to dive a little bit deeper into Carrot and then talk about the agent Carrot. And we, get, we can get more into, you did a creative deal with that fourplex, but mm -hmm. I, think, I think maybe, I know you've done more than that. So uh, first, first off, okay, so you, you started this business because you know, of the brilliance of, of, hey, what's my byproduct? What am I doing a lot of? What am I really good at and could capitalize in another area? And so you were able to generate leads for other people, right? Yep. Um, so I first want to give you a plug because a lot of my friends, a, a lot of my friends, personal friends, people that listen to this podcast, mm. use OnCarrot.com, InvestorCarrot. And that's because of the SEO that you guys can, can uh, actually do for them. You can, you can build a really good organic site. So can we kind of talk about um, some of the workings of OnCarrot and, and how mm. that helps people exactly? Yeah, man. So there, there's a few different parts to it, right? So kind of during my journey as I was going through learning how to really effectively generate leads online, there was a lot of things that the people could do to kind of push the easy button, right? And and uh, and kind of game the system. So with SEO, let's say five or six years ago, you could go to Fiverr.com, which Fiverr is great mm -hmm. for some things. I suggest no one go to Fiverr <laughs> for SEO stuff. Rem remind but, us what is SEO. I know we've we've tossed it around a couple of times, but for anybody who doesn't know what it is. Yeah, so SEO is search engine optimization. That's basically how do you get your website in front of the people who are searching for things online uh, without having to actually pay for those clicks. So in Google, someone makes a web search like sell my house fast Denver as an example or whatever phrase it is. The the top few at the top are, are paid ads. So someone's got to, you know, they click it and it charges the person to be there. And then the ones below that are organic. So getting in the organic sections SEO. 
And by, um, by it charges the person to click on one of the paid ads, you you mean that it charges the person promoting it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The person promoting it on the top section, the, the Google PPC pay-per-click, that's where the person can pay to be there in front of those people. So there's there's definitely a lot of data that supports, of course, the value of, of organic, of ranking well in Google uh, through SEO. And there's been studies that have been thrown around there that the trust factor of web searchers to the organic section versus the paid section is is way, way higher. I've seen numbers all the way from, you know, people trust the organic results 70% more than they trust the paid results and numbers all around, but it's significant. And it's not to say that the paid results don't work. They do. That's still a strategy that we t- tell people that you should do because it takes a while to rank well on Google for competitive phrases. It's not something you okay. can push a button or launch a carrot site and have it be there in two months without doing anything, right? So gotcha. there's a process. But we always suggest a short-term traffic plan and a long-term traffic plan. SEO tends to be part of that long-term foundation that builds momentum. And then the short-term traffic plan is you know, get some Google pay-per-click going or in some markets, Facebook ads for sellers is working insanely great. Or if offline is your thing, cool. You get your direct mail pumping and then and then make sure your website is ranking well for your company name when your direct mail prospects search your, search your name for credibility. Perfect. But as far as the structure of the SEO stuff on the website, a few of those things that people are doing over the years to game the system is, you know, Google looks at backlinks. That's one website. What links is to what's another. A, what okay when when one website links to another website like if if let's just say would a backlink mean if I had investor uh, a link to on carrot on my on our website would that be a backlink to yours yep. is that what it's yep. called that, okay yep that's a backlink and Google kind of looks at it as almost like a vote right where mm-hmm. they go well shoot if this website over here that seems to be like a good quality website is linking to this one and there's a lot of other factors in there too I'm kind of simplifying it. But if they're linking to this, then they must think that this website's a quality website because this one's a quality website. And so if you get enough of those and they're good enough, they're good quality links, and we can dive into as much or little, as little detail as you guys want. I'll stay high level here. Okay. Um, you know, those are all good votes. So back in the day, four, five, six years ago, people would go to Fiverr and they'd buy a package of 700 backlinks, and you could actually get ranked well in Google then. Well... Over the, the last two, three years especially, Google's been rolling out these changes in the way that they rank, these algorithm changes. And more and more, they're going towards quality. More and more, they're going towards good quality backlinks, not volume. So you can actually get penalized by going to Fiverr and buying one of those packages. Now Google will sniff oh. it out and they'll penalize you. Um, they're really rewarding people for robust quality content. Like you need, you need to have a useful, useful website and a useful resource. And over the years that we've been, as we've been doing stuff and testing things, we've really focused on what's likely going to be here for years and years and years. What's not gaming the system, but what is it that Google is really looking for and how do we structure our system and the way that we do things, just serving Google up what they love to see. <coughs> Excuse me. And so we've really heavily focused on robust content on our, on our clients' websites. So let me... On, let me ask you about that content. So do you guys do blogs for um, for your investors? Yeah, so we, we do, and, and I'll say it with a caveat. So when someone launches a website on Carrot, mm-hmm. they can choose you know the website type, right? Like if you're going after motivated seller leads or cash buyers or land, buyers or sellers or what have you. So you launch the site, and then 
<clears throat> we've pre-built the site to perform really, really well because we're insanely great at conversion optimization. We've been doing it for years, ran over 1,400 split tests in this market alone. Wow. At any given time, we're running 30 to 40 split tests across our network of sites. And <clears throat> so we're really great at that. And then we found that when you when you create this robust this robust content on the site with a certain you know flow of web pages that sets you, you know, like that sets your foundation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Huh. And then next, one thing that's really good is <clears throat> is if you can then do consistent blog posts. Yeah. And so the content that we help our clients do is we lock you in with really really good foundational content on your site, and we show you how to update it and personalize it so it's not the same as the next guys. And then next, we have tools that automate some blog post, um, some blog post functionality based off of kind of like your more long tail stuff. Mm -hmm. It's it's your phrases that are, you know, selling. Uh, excuse me, I'll get it. Uh, <laughs> selling my house in divorce in Denver, as an okay. example. Okay, right. So, yeah, we have tools that can automate some of that um, that make it a lot easier. But the people who are really going out there and crushing it are spending a little bit of extra effort, of course, either creating their own content or um, dude, I'll, th I'll throw one really good tip at people that we've Please. been seeing work great and it's easy, way easier than writing your own blog posts. And we've been doing it for two to three years and we, we just rolled out a feature that automates this for you. But the coolest and simplest way that I've found to do content is, is just with video, right? But mm -hmm. the problem is a lot of people are kind of like, what do I do video on? Um, you know, it doesn't have to be long, it doesn't have to be professional quality. Mm -hmm. And about a year and a half ago, so so I so I wouldn't have to sit down and write blog posts anymore. I would just whip out my phone, or now we have a studio in our office, but you can do it with your phone. I still do some on my phone. And I'll write down a list and go, okay, what are the main questions that my my prospects are asking us about our solution? Mm -hmm. Or what are the things that I that I can educate them on? And I'll whip out my phone like on the fly when I'm working with the client on it, or I'll, I'll have a list of five of them and I'll batch them. <clears throat> and I'll just talk about those things for three, four, five minutes. Great. You know, and we're, we're educating our agents and investors to do this stuff too. Hey, you know, this is, this is Trevor. Um, I'm sitting in front of a house right now and uh, this seller actually reached out to me there. They inherited this house here in Denver and uh, I'm going to walk you through their situation kind of what types of solutions. If you've inherited a house, you're looking to sell fast in Denver too, what you can do uh, to solve your problem. And then you kind of walk through it for three or five minutes. So you take that simple video, upload it to YouTube. Next step, go to Google, start to type in some sort of phrase and what you think someone that's, that inherited a house in Denver might type. And you know, when you go to Google and search and it pops up those suggested searches, mm -hmm. just grab one of those that pops up that looks relevant to it. And oftentimes you'll find one like that. Oh, cool. I didn't know people are typing selling house and divorce and then just add Denver in there. Okay, cool. Title that in YouTube for that video. And then you take that and put that on a blog post. So mm -hmm. whether it's carrot or your WordPress site or whatever it is, take that and put that at the top of your, your blog post. Make the title pretty much the same thing. You know, maybe put a little bit of something at the at the end of it. You know, three steps for selling your house or right. whatever it is. So add context. And then you go to a tool called rev.com, R-E-V.com. And Rev is the this. best transcription service that we've found. Mm. They're so amazing. That, so basically you're saying after you make the video, they'll just transcribe it for you? The whole transcribe thing? Transcribe it. Wow. Yep, they'll, they'll, they'll transcribe Great. the whole thing. And the cool thing about it is Rev is the best we found for accuracy. They'll remove the ums, the ahs, the stuff like that. Cool. And they're fast. It's a buck a minute. Wow. And 
So you get that back and you have your five minute video turns in is five bucks to get it transcribed. You get it back in 30 minutes from them. And then you spend like five minutes just basically doing basic formatting is all you put a little heading tag there, maybe bold a thing or two, put a link from there to your homepage where your call to action is that kind of thing or whatever. And we're finding that that content, as long as when you're doing the video, you're just kind of discussing the types of things your prospects would be searching in Google mm -hmm. uh, is ranking really well. It's ranking really well. So let me just be clear. So once you get it transcribed, do you put that in the in the YouTube description or on your own blog page? Really good question. So what we do is we do a YouTube description that's different than that. So it's not so it's not uh, the same content on both your blog right. and the YouTube page. So we'll type a few sentence description there, and we usually take that description on YouTube and put that above the video in the blog post. So you've got title, got it. Basically the same description. That's just for speed, right? Above your video on your blog post, video, and then the transcription below it. And we actually put video transcription because that way we want people to know that this is the words from the video, um, because it's not always going to look like it's a it's a you know a, a plus. Yeah. Essay. Yeah. Right. Um, and you don't want people to think, oh man, these are people from India writers. Right? Yeah. Totally. yeah. It's like, no, here's the transcription and it's got robust content. If you have good tools to, to optimize it well for SEO, um, which there's a whole bunch of factors we could talk about some other time. Yeah. This, but, this podcast could be so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's so much but, information, but that's a tip right there. So if, that's 15 minutes a week. If you guys do okay. one video a week, one video one a week, one video a week, when you're out there already doing what you're doing, okay, you could have visited a house, visited a seller, you're walking around a rental property that you own, and you just want to talk about something, and you're like, hey, if you're a, a property owner in, you know, in Denver and you're looking to possibly sell your fourplex or you're evicting people right now, you know, let me walk through a couple things that you want to be looking for, blah, 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 whatever it is. In like five minutes, you said, for the, for the video? or Yeah, we say three to eight minutes okay. because – Usually people speak at, on average, between 120 and 160 words a minute. So if you start looking at that, Google really likes blog posts that are ideally at least 500 words. Uh, 500 words. Mm. So you're talking, and if that's a three, three and a half minute video, you're talking that's a three to 400 word blog post. Right? Okay. So yes. maybe, maybe because isn't, um, and you know, you're the expert on this, but is Google wanting longer and longer posts these days? Yeah, I mean, Google does like the long, robust content. I think okay. I think quality is the biggest part, though, right? Gotcha. If you have if you have a really long piece of content, just for being long, but and that's let's say it ranks really well at the start, but then people bounce, so they they click it, thinking, "Man, this looks this looks good," and then they they bounce off of it really really fast. If they bounce off of it really really fast, and Google sees that, they go, "Oh shoot, this this thing isn't as high quality as we thought it was." Because people are telling us it's not high quality because they're not staying on it very long. Makes sense. Right. So, it's got to be a good balance. Where okay. at the end of the day, it's got to be useful quality content for the prospect. It just happens to be that you probably can't do that in a hundred words most of the time. It's got to be more robust. Yeah. Hey, yeah. let's let's get into just a quick thing on squeeze pages. What is a squeeze page? Uh, what's a lead capture page? Are they the same thing, and how do you use them? Dude, that's a good question. So I had a the, the largest home buyer in Southern Oregon was in our office today. They're a client of ours, and we were having this exact discussion because he was saying, "Man, I thought like three or four or five years ago, you know, everyone was talking about squeeze pages and landing pages, and that's where you drive all of your pay per click traffic to." And there's been a lot of discussion on squeeze page. So I sent him to a website, that kind of thing. 
And when we tested this you know, years ago, this is four or five years ago before Carrot, um, I used to drive a lot of my traffic to a squeeze page, which a squeeze page is literally, it's a page that has one single purpose, that one single purpose. And it uh, usually squeeze pages don't have links at the top, nothing. Mm-hmm. You land on the page, it's got some, some copy, a call to action in some way, shape, or form, usually an opt-in box and maybe a phone number. And that's it. So if you land on it and your prospect is a seller or a buyer or whatever, if they land on it, they've got two choices. Do I do this or do I leave? Right. And so squeeze pages work, right? But we started to look at things going, okay, so I, I discovered it when I was actually doing some some information gathering myself for a problem that I had, like just in my life. Mm-hmm. And I found that the websites I was engaging the most with that I actually trusted and in retrospect looked back and went, man, like why did I end up engaging, engaging in that site, not these ones? The squeeze page sites are the ones that in that scenario I didn't engage in, the ones that had robust content that answered my questions, that I could really bounce around and see who the company was. Those are the ones I engaged in. So I'm going, man, what if I test this and like test a little mini site? So I'm going to test squeeze page versus a mini site, which would be, it's a website. But every page on there is curated in a very specific way to guide the person down that decision path. And every single page on that mini site needs to be a lead converting page, every page. Not just your homepage, not just the squeeze pages. And we've tested that and honed that, and that's our model now where we do have squeeze pages on our system, but, I mean, 90% plus of the leads that come in on our system are from the homepage right. of all of our websites because we've made them these mini sites. So someone lands there, and we call it a hero section, which is similar to a squeeze page. The top third, the top quarter of your website needs to be like a squeeze page, like a landing page. It's got to have a really clear call to action. It's got a very clear and simple and easy opt-in form mm-hmm. that also looks great on a cell phone. Most don't look great on a cell phone. Gotcha. Um, and work great on a cell phone, not just look great. So many websites look really pretty and they're responsive on a cell phone, but then people use their thumbs on their phone. Right. And they're sitting there fat thumbing it, and they've got to put in you know 14 form fields and oh, stuff I like know. that. Oh, yeah, that's so, the worst. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, go with mini sites that have great content, that have good calls to action at the top half of the page, and then every single page on that mini site should have a call to action at the bottom of it or on the side. Perfect. Well, we'll probably need to wrap this up pretty quick. Um, there is a product that you guys are coming out with, not just for the investors, but for the agents. How do people find that? Yeah, so with that, just go to, same thing, go to oncarrot.com or agentcarrot.com. That'll redirect you over there. And yeah, we're, we're excited. We already have about a 1,000 agents that are with us that are in, in agents and investors. And we're really just filling that need. They're going, man, we want to start using the same thing. It's working so well. We want to start using it on the agent side. So we're developing it for them. It's going to be fun to see what we can do with it. Perfect. So um, if people want to know more, the best way to get a hold of you or to find this information is oncarrot.com? Yep, oncarrot.com. And we have a blog that we post uh, two posts, two pieces of content a week over there. So everything we just talked about in this call, we actually go into detail on all that stuff for free over there. All the SEO stuff, all the landing page stuff, pay-per-click, Facebook marketing. It's all free over there. And uh, you can dig in as much detail as you want. So two a week. So I think, I think we need to do what you're doing. I think we need to do what, <laughs> what Trevor Mock is doing. So two a week, that sounds like the golden nugget right there. But make it easy. So okay. make it easy, right? So one of mine a week is the podcast, just like you guys do. So that makes it easy for me. Ah. And the other one, yep, the, the other one is then a, a really drilled down piece of content. Sometimes it's the exact same thing that I said there. I'll go into my studio. 
I'll record four or five eight-minute videos. We put them in there. We transcribe them. Like probably about two of our posts a month, maybe one a month or that. And then the other ones are collaborating with our clients to create great content inside the blog. Perfect. Perfect. I would love to get more into all the creative deals that you've done, but I think you've added enough uh, information for our listeners. I think we can end there. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much, Trevor Mock, for being on here. Um, I like On Carrot a lot. Hey, thank you guys very much. It's been a blast. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, think outside the box.